Ahoy, mateys! Welcome back to a sea voyage-laden episode of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. I have no idea what I'm talking about, as usual. My name's John, as usual. And as usual, uh, with me is my uh, copper co-host, Yosh. Yosh, how are you doing, sir? Arr! <laughs> Avast ye, matey. What a what a good theme to talk about this movie. What contains nary a pirate? Grab ye slicker. <laughs> I'm a Highlander of the sea. <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> there can be only R. For some reason, I sound like Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> There can be only one! <laughs> Rest in peace, Gilbert. <laughs> yes, you foul, foul man. <laughs> well, how are you doing, well, sir? I'm doing quite well, John. I'm loving watching movies. I actually enjoyed researching this movie yeah. just before we got started. I started like digging around in some things, and I was like, ah! <laughs> That's, I'm sure that... Sounded great for our listeners. Um, so yeah, I'm having fun with horror movies. I'm having fun in life, and things are swell. I am happy with the state of uh, our society, mm. and uh, everything's just coming up aces all around. Oh wow, that's fantabulous! Yeah, yeah. How about you? I'm doing fine. Uh... Most of that stuff, pretty much the same. The world is a wonderful place. It's good. Very happy to be a part of this time right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've always found the world to be a little bit too cold. Yeah. And, and you know, it's been it's been a, a pleasant change. <laughs> yes, it has cozied up a bit. And yeah. uh, that's it's I like it. I like the, where this is heading. No, nothing bad could come of any of this. No, no. You know, I, I've always felt that, like, uh, uh, your electric bill is kind of like voting. It's your civic duty to pay your electric bill. Right. Almost as if it were taxes. Yeah. And really, the more you could pay for that, that would actually be better. Sure. In fact, the more you pay for your electric bill, the uh, better of a person you are. That's true. I think that's very mature of you to think that way. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about this movie about boobs. <laughs> we 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 have selected. I have selected a summer classic. Uh, oh yeah! And, and since you all know what it is, I don't have to like drag it around. But it, it's uh, I know what you did last summer from nineteen ninety seven, directed by Dizzy Gillespie. Yes, Dizzy Gillespie, <laughs> famously the only movie he ever directed, <laughs> the only bebop slasher ever made. Yes. <laughs> okay, Jim Gillespie, a Scottish guy who made a bunch of shit. And not a whole bunch, though. Just like if I remember yeah. correctly, like a kind of short list of garbage. Some movie called Venom, or yeah, or Toxic. But not that one. Yeah, not that one. Not the nope, other terrible not that one, one either. <laughs> then he made some other one that I already had forget and hadn't heard of, and then a bunch of shit that. Not even a bunch, just a few odds and end things like when you go to IMDb and there's always those projects that have no picture and they, they're not yeah. really sure if those are actual credits. He had a few of those. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The the Sylvester Stallone movie. Uh, I see you spelled E Y E. Remember that? That remember that? Uh, that knocked that one out of the park. Oh man, yeah. Do I remember that one? Is that what you asked? Because no, <laughs> not at all. I don't remember Ooh. it either. I, I didn't even know that was a movie. Um, yeah. One of the weird things about this movie is that the script was written by the same fucking guy who wrote Scream, which yes. just blows my mind. I mean, I personally don't care for Scream, but it's better than this. I'll give it that. It, it is it is much better than this. Uh, and I will say I did get to watch the most recent Scream on uh, on a plane, oh. which is really where you should watch a movie like that. Sure, and uh, it was actually really good. I liked that. Like Scream was always so like ref like meta horror. Mm-hmm. Like it was very referring to the tropes of the slasher genre. And with six, I don't know. I'm sure all of them have this element, but with six, six, it was all meta Scream. It was like people that had survived the previous Scream movies talking about, okay, well, this is how this is going to play out. Now think about your set of friends. Which one meets this criteria? That's probably the one that's been killing people. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fun. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But this movie, no, not this movie. No, this is a dial-by-the-numbers, tit-laden a teen slasher throwaway movie with way too much money behind it and oh, yeah. a usually absolutely terrible soundtrack. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Every once in a while the soundtrack is like really grooving and then it's just that someone horrible changed the channel of the radio. <laughs> it's like it starts and you get this camera flying through the this landscape beach landscape scene and you're rocking out to typo negative doing summer breeze (laughs) i I was like oh this is gonna be great (laughs) Uh, and i will say like there there's even a little bit of meta humor there because at a certain point one of the characters uh causes a car wreck because he's changing the radio station because he exclaims this music sucks (laughs) (laughs) there were there was some some moments of levity that were actually okay and uh but this this movie you know it could have been at least fairly entertaining at best it was never going to be a good movie the script is terrible um or if anything at the very least it's just too dialed by the numbers i mean it's there's just nothing really that unique about it i mean it's the setting i thought was kind of cool but they didn't really use it properly and the acting is just atrocious everyone is overacting in this show so badly i i don't understand like the director was like yeah that was fairly believable could you take like kick it up like 10 notches (laughs) yeah uh could you just go ahead and even though like i know your character you don't feel like your character would in this situation but could you just go ahead and scream inappropriately in his (laughs) face i was gonna say (laughs) <laughs> that's the replacement for any emotion is screaming scream. yeah yeah so so this to to that point to the point of like how far this misses the mark um this was written by the same guy as scream but it was after he wrote this before scream and then scream was such a hit that they rushed this into production they got some nobody to direct it 
and and they just like poured a bunch of movie like all of the teen heartthrobs are in this movie but kevin williamson the writer the screenwriter of this and of scream also was the screenwriter for the faculty he also uh was the screenwriter for wes craven's cursed starring christina ricci yeah yeah. Oh, that that uh, cast list here. No, it's Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg, Portia de Rossi, Joshua Jackson, Nick Offerman, Judy Greer, and Scott Bayo. Jesus, I've never even heard of that movie. I've never heard of this movie, and it is just studded. Wow. Um, I mean, this movie. I mean, it's oh, based I, off a Lois Duncan novel for a teen novel, um, which yeah. I, I I suspect that the book is probably better than the movie. Maybe so, yeah, yeah. And this was right at the beginning. This writer dude is the creator of Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Beach. Figures. This came out, like, right around the time that Dawson's Creek was starting. It might have even been, like, a year before. I don't know. But, so this is, like, the Dawson's... The Dawson-y, creakiest of horror movies. If he... Yeah, like, and he would be perfect for Dawson's Creek. Like, it just the... The ridiculously campy acting and the mm-hmm. absolutely vapid storyline that, you know, just a bunch of rich, semi-good-looking kids just acting like douchebags. Like, that's, yeah, that's he's that's his wheelhouse. That That's his, his thing, and this was him flexing those muscles. Not as a director, though, just the guy that wrote this. And like you said, the story is very paint-by-numbers of almost kind of like a giallo like if you if you took a dawson's creek style relationship drama and smooshed it into like more classic giallo style slasher movies that's this yeah yeah it's funny because the there's there's a fair amount of violence in it i guess there's an okay like a little bit of blood not not so much gore necessarily but it, it all of that violence feels like it's just tacked on to give it like an R rating or something. Like it's it just it's not particularly compelling. It's not it doesn't really need to be there. It's almost like this is the kind of movie that doesn't need the violence. Like just keep it teeny and you know focus on the boobage more and and then you're I, I don't know if that's even possible. Yeah, yeah, man. This movie loves to showcase the breasts. <laughs> Yes, a couple of them in particular, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the, I, and it's, so it's not, I, I don't want it to sound like it's, you know, Kevin Williamson's fault, the screenwriter, because this movie is, what good elements there are in the script are just completely obliterated by incompetent directing, uh, bad editing, and you know also not very good acting all the time it just doesn't yeah it's it's like they have this oceanside setting they they do some they have some interesting ideas but that never really pans out it never has its own feel it never really develops any particular atmosphere it's just it's pretty rote like you said it's tepid <laughs> yeah yeah it's tepid it's all of the like story hook elements huh <laughs> um <laughs> Like the, the like they're it's like a detective story. They're trying to solve a mystery, but the little clues that they find are just so instantly forgettable that whenever those things come back around, you're like, "What? <laughs> yeah, 
who? Plus, there's a lot of really weird lines, things that people would never say that just really take you out of it, especially uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's lines. She's got a lot of really strange lines that are just I don't know if it was because she's supposed to be the smart one. And in, in Williamson's eyes, smart people say things that don't make any fucking sense. I don't It was weird. It's yeah. a strange movie. Yeah. Yeah, smart people have to be motivated out of their dorm room by their fellow student and then have that fellow student drive them home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it sounds like we would both recommend you could watch this movie. If you like 90s horror or you just like bad movies, I don't know what the... F- I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's a... Uh, a little piece of 90s teen stuff. It gives you kind of a good idea of what was going on, how how meaningless the 90s were. People seemed pretty comfortable. Uh, the, you know, the country was prospering. Uh, Bill Clinton was president. You know, everything was just delightful. And uh, yeah, everyone was walking around all day saying, this is nice. Yeah, like <laughs> nothing to worry about. That, And here's a movie about a bunch of rich people who are, really obnoxious and totally unlikable and you're supposed to care about them and they do a terrible thing and don't handle it well and then it just goes downhill from there literally yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah so the movie as i had said it it opens with this kind of overhead shot and we get typo negative doing a cover of summer breeze which is hilarious Um, yeah i mean peter Steele is always good for a laugh and um you know, except maybe when you heard he died. But otherwise, <laughs> and uh, so you get this coastal scenery, this ridiculous music. It seems to be the camera really focuses on this loop in the in the road right there on the edge of the, the water. That's a really important spot. And then we we zone in on this guy. This, this He's sad drinking on the edge of a cliff wearing his his rubber wellies or whatever, like the, the rubber pantsuit boot thing that goes over your shoulders for fishing it's It's like like a a bib yeah i forget what they're called but yeah it's like the fishing suit without the without the slicker don't worry we'll be we'll be cool with slickers very soon oh yeah don't yeah don't ye worry about the lack of slickers so far in this movie (laughs) thou shalt not worry about slickers He's fingering. So he's like fingering this the shiniest silver pendant that has it's the little hook like it's like a crescent shape with a circle inside that's suspended through the middle so he can just bing and flip it. hard to tell that he's even sad drinking he kind of seems like he's just sitting there having a good day he's just sitting there having a good time and then you think well maybe he's a little mopey and then you hear rocks falling for no reason which i thought was like okay all right yeah that's happening okay so then he's pinging his little pendant and drinking and being terrible and then we cut to fireworks and i believe it's july 4th and uh it's it's summer uh, we see Helen, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, has won. She wins the Miss Croker beauty pageant, um, which was kind of one of the parts of the movie that I liked was that the the beauty pageant had this weird retro, like fifties almost feel. Like ah, that has the next girl. Like it was just yeah. 
<laughs> My, she's got nice titties. <laughs> They're all wearing one-piece bathing suits, like the old school, like just, it looked, it was a little bit strange, slightly surreal, but of course the director has does not have enough talent to, no. to take it where it needs to go. So <laughs> it falls a little flat. She wins, which is ridiculous because she's, she she just doesn't she looks out of place in that lineup. All the yeah, other girls is. are really tall and like super gorgeous and she's got that weird Sarah Michelle Geller look that personally I can't stand, but you know, some people oh, like. <laughs> I know you're a big fan of her. I love Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> That's but, awesome. But yeah, she does. She looks really out of place here. Also, this movie has gone so far out of its way to push her boobs up oh. under her chin that they even comment on it. And <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr.'s like, I didn't know her boobs could be like that. And the dude's <laughs> like, Yeah, he she does all of this stuff to make her boobs look that big. <laughs> It's so wrong. And then they, they they remain that way throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. This this movie really does everything it can to accentuate the breasts. I mean, if you wanted, you know, you got one stacked actress. Actress. If you wanted another, you could have found one, I'm sure. You didn't have to fake it with Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> but anyways, so she wins. And uh, it's uh, her friends, uh, her lady friend Julie and her boyfriend Ray... And uh, Julie's boyfriend Barry. Wait, yeah. I got it. My back. I got it all backwards. Her it's boyfriend Helen's is Barry. Boyfriend Barry. Yeah, Helen, who just won the pageant. Her boyfriend is Barry Ryan. Flippy. Yeah, the easiest celebrity's name to say. Flippy. And and then Julie. That's that's Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ray. Who in real life she ends up marrying Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Uh, they're all on the balcony watching, cheering her on. It's wonderful. And then she gives her acceptance speech, which made me want to die. And then we go from there to uh, bleach blanket, bleach, bleach, beach blanket bingo party. What? I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say. <laughs> bleach blanket. Bleach blanket. Yeah. It's a bleach <laughs> banquet party. Ooh. The B-52s are playing. Okay. Oh my god, it was, that song that they just would not stop singing is so bad. It's terrible. I don't even recognize that song. It took woo, me a minute. Woo, woo, uh, woo. Like just uh, over and over again. Why? <laughs> at least we didn't get that that light at the whale. Um Let's prefer that. <laughs> that would have been more fun, yes, yeah. that's true. Well, we, 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 we meet Elsa, uh, Helen's bitch sister, and uh, Max and uh, this guy Max shows up and he's like putting the moves on uh, on Julie, J-Lo, J-Lo <laughs> Hewitt. Yeah, he's, he's uh, like, he good. shows up with a tray with you. It's like, here's a cocktail I mixed myself where you couldn't see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like. Yeah, I mean, we're friends, right? So that means that we should go out. It's like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Because that's how it works. Yeah, and it's that horrible little guy from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, that guy's, he's Johnny Gusecki or something like that. Sure, he's, why not? He's, te- he's terrible, I hate him. <laughs> um, and then Ryan Filippi, Filippi, P-Pay's character, Barry, comes up and confronts him. You chum bait, take a hike. And he pushes him in the chest, and then he bumps into some bikers, and then they push Chumbate in the back, and then he bumps into Barry, and then they almost get into a fight, but Ray breaks it up. 
Fascinating. Come on, guys. <laughs> and then and then we cut to them having a campfire in the hull of a sunken ship yeah. that that they just leave on the beach in Dawson's yeah. Beach. That's yeah, that's the a- hallmark of Dawson's Beach. Yeah, all of the fanciest teens go fuck at the shipwreck. <laughs> so they're having they're having a bonfire and they're telling their this stupid urban myth about a a behooked killer and a bunch of teenagers. It's just bad. It's real bad. Yeah. And then it's time for fucking. Oh, <laughs> boy, hold on. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. And it's, I just remember at that part, like during that that part, that, that hole where they're telling the hook story, and every, Sarah Michelle Geller starts talking, and I realize how nasal her voice is. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have to get through the whole movie with. He's like. I was like, oh God, here we go. So they all have these. They all have these wonderful plans. They're going to go off to college, and you know this and that. So it's just so wonderful teen stuff. We're going to stay. We're going to stay together no matter what. Like all yeah. that kind of stuff. There's some fucking going on. Uh, Ray takes Julie's virginity uh, <laughs> with, with her, but her signaling. But her. I love her signal that it's time to get it on. She takes her sweater off. Yeah. She just takes her sweater off, and he's like. Are you sure? God. It's like, sure about what? Taking off her sweater? <laughs> Are you about to dry hump? What's happening? <laughs> it's a little chilly. Are you sure? <laughs> this is sand. You know that, right? We're just on sand and rocks. <laughs> but, but meanwhile, Ryan Palifalipipe is super drunk. And, yeah. you know, he wants to drive, but they're not going to let him drive because he's he's drunk. So they let Ray drive, who's a terrible driver. And he's not good at driving. No. He's he's just not good. And uh, they take off to the wonderful sounds of terrible pop punk. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't even bother to look at it. I didn't want to know. It was, well, it was like bad you're, religion you're... or something. No, no, you're, you're... I also... I was like, this sounds like... The worst Motorhead album. Yes, 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 it did. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. In fact, you're you're adjacent. It was a uh, uh, ska. It was the mighty mighty Boss Tones. Oh God. Oh, that's painful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that was like one of the better songs in this movie. <laughs> that's true, actually. Yeah. Wow. Well, so they're they're driving. Ryan uh, Barry, I guess, is is super drunk. So he opens the the fucking skylight in the car and stands up and does the, you know, like the Titanic, Ah. I'm going to rule the world thing or whatever, drops his bottle. And then there's like whiskey spilling all over the car. Everybody's freaking out. And then all of a sudden, Barry says, watch out! (laughs) And then they hit some guy in the road, which is clearly a guy. And they all see him. Yeah. But then immediately they can't find him, and they're they're talking about, oh, it was probably just a deer. It's like no, it's it's not a fucking deer. You all saw it was a person. You look right at him. So they hit this guy in the road, which is great. They freak the fuck out. They get out of the car. They're you know panicking, whatever. They uh, one of them finds a boot. I think it was Julie finds a bloody boot. Screams like a like a banshee, 
And then there's some screaming and shouting. Then they, they go to find the body. He's about 75 feet away around a bend in the road. Yeah, yeah. He, they put English on him. <laughs> <laughs> they hit him so hard that he became a curveball. They put English on him. Oh, my God. Woo. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah that's good. So they're they're arguing about what to do. They think he's dead, and uh, we I mean we really see some terrible acting. A lot of Ryan Fleet screaming, uh, which is his go to in this movie. Whenever he's amped up about anything, he just starts shouting, you know. And it's it's really abrasive. It's like, dude, tone it down just a little bit. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah, he's he's real he's real aggressive with his voice i know he's supposed to be the hothead character and all that and that's fine but he still overdoes it i mean nobody would hang out with somebody who screamed like that all the time they'd just be like he would make a terrible college quarterback (laughs) like if he just can't control his feelings at all (laughs) oh my god yeah so as they're sitting here arguing uh this Max Clown just magically shows up with his car, just drives up on the scene as they're, the gr- the group's trying to hide uh, this dude's body over the, the guardrail. And Max pulls up and he's talking to Julie. I guess it was probably Julie. And uh, it's always Julie. Yeah, he's a complete douche and he acts all suspicious. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and the, some crap about the car and, you know, the. He sees that there's damage on the car, whatever. He doesn't, he's not smart enough to realize what's going on because Barry is barfing over the guardrail. He's pretending to barf so that he can hide his blood-soaked face. Which I'm assuming means he was, uh, I wish he was barfing because that would mean he was barfing on the guy that they just hit. (laughs) That would be (laughs) Which they should have shown. That would have made a better movie. So, yeah. (laughs) So they, they, uh, instead of taking the body, like, two more feet to the edge of the cliff and throwing him mm-hmm. into the ocean with all the riptides nope. that they're talking about. Nope, they don't do that. They put him in the car, in the trunk, and drive mm-hmm. him to the to the closest well-lit public boat dock. <laughs> Just, like, it's all, there's almost like a Coca-Cola machine in the background. <laughs> it's so, it's like, really? This is where you're going to conspicuously, inconspicuously dump this body where is this the riptide boat marina or something <laughs> it's just the marina in the walmart parking lot <laughs> so they go to they go to you know they're they're gonna dump him in the water and of course he wakes up which is yeah completely ridiculous and uh he's still alive and then he they they go to like knock him in the water but as he's falling in the water he grabs helen's tiara that she's Still wearing? Was she still wearing the fucking thing? She she's still wearing the tiara because she won the pageant. That's her pageant crown, oh and she's just been wearing the motherfucker because you see they're on the vert. They're they're all going off to college. She's going to become a big famous actress. This is her victory night. That's right. So she's going to wear her tiara, girlfriend, everywhere, every fucking where until this guy takes it. In yeah. murder rage. I don't really know what's going on with this guy at this point. So he sinks into the water. He's got the tiara. So Barry jumps in to rescue it. Gets up to him. Takes the tiara out of his hand. Of course, he wakes up again. And then Barry swims away. Whatever. So then 
Yeah. They leave, but the camera pans down to the ping pendant, which is just laying on the ground. Great. That's... Who, who, oh, yeah. who fucking cares? Whatever. No. No one cares. No one cares. And I want to... I want to... I want... Listener, I want you to hearken back to this moment when we talk about um, uh, how he grabs the, the tiara, but then fucking Barry goes in and grabs the tiara back and brings it so they have the tiara again. Harken back to this moment, because later in the we're going to get to a point where like this would have gone a cooler way. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they just didn't. Blew it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. So it's... Uh... Yeah, it's one year later, and uh, next it's the following yeah. summer. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, I wanted to go back also that so the uh, Ray it talks to like the guy yells at Ray Max. Max yells at Ray about how he's how he's adapting to pretending mm-hmm. to be one of the rich people, mm-hmm. and so it's this little detail that's not really emphasized, but you get. Like, if you watch this movie and analyze it, you catch on to the fact that that Ray isn't one of the wealthy ones, and he's just friends with the wealthy kids, so he gets to be one of the popular wealthy kids. And that, for some reason, is a detail in this movie, but not really. Yeah, it, it it's there, but it really doesn't matter. And uh, it's, it's a very Hollywood depiction of a person of color in that he has basically no color. And, you know... Just, just he just has black hair. I guess that makes him, that makes him a, a person of color and poor. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's so pointless. You know, it doesn't. It's like okay, whatever. Who cares? It it pops up a couple times here and there, like you know, like what he's doing for the summer and all this stuff, which we'll get into it. But yeah, you're right. It's 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 there, but it's irrelevant. Yeah, it's completely pointless, as is the little pendant that we keep talking about. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. No. But it's like a little thing, and that's why I think that, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just fails on those things so hard. It feels like the story pieces are there for all of this to stick together in a good way, but it just the delivery is just such a fart. Yeah, if you <sighs> if you were trying to sell this this script and you had to give, like, a, a like a overview of the whole thing you know you could you could pick the ideas out and some of the ideas that don't fit so well but tie them together in a way to where you could pitch it to somebody where it sounds like it's at least cohesive enough to make a movie and then you could just go back and make this movie which isn't cohesive at all and it doesn't matter because it was a total fucking success yeah, it, it made way more money. It made tons of money compared to like what their budget was. I mean, this movie spawned several sequels and a admittedly failed TV series. Admittedly, yeah, that's <laughs> not a successful series. They, they they went through one season and they were canceled. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, but that's because whatever, man. That's because Amazon just throws shit at the wall. And, Whatever. Oh yeah, maybe they'll like to watch this. Let's throw a hundred million dollars on it and kind of make it suck a little. God. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's one year later, uh, and Julie is home for is going home for the summer. There's a very awkward scene in her uh, dorm room. I did not like any of that. She looks strung out. She looks like she's, she's got bags under her eyes. She's wearing the dumbest just think of a dumb 90s girl hat 
just picture that idea in your head and you nailed it. There it is. The dumbest 90s girl hat. And she's wearing that. It's like she a floppy. Home. She has weird. Fisherman style hat. It's uh, it's like, ugh, it's terrible. It's just terrible. And it's even like pushed the worst way possible. But it's cute. It's adorbs. Uh, and then she she's home. She visits with her mom. They have some sort of weird tension that does not matter at all. We find out that her dad is dead, which does not matter at all. And does not make us sympathize with her character anymore. Because as much as she's supposed to be the main character of this movie, she's just... Helen is a way better character. Her story arc is even more interesting. They flush it out more. Yeah, they flush it out. She has like a whole progression. We see her grow as a person, whereas this girl is just pissy. She's just pissy. She just screams better. I think that's that was ultimately. I don't know what I don't know what the choice was to make her, you know, the protagonist because yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, Helen's character, her family owns a store in town. She's got this weird relationship with her sister, which doesn't necessarily matter, but it does work yeah. in the sense that it does add a little bit of depth. We're, we're talking about degrees that are very, very small, but. With a movie this shallow, you take what you can get, you know, and yeah. and that's one of the things that you get. Uh, her sister, who uh, happens to be married to Pete Sampras. Yeah, yeah. Pete Sampras is uh, now Pete Sampras's wife. That was that's an interesting deet. Bridget Moynihan Sampras. It's a real gl- grand slam. Also, former Miss Teen USA. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wow. I kind of like her. She was in uh, she was in Billy Madison, and she was pretty fun. She was pretty good in that one. I actually like the way she tries. She tries so hard to act like he's not Adam Sandler, acting like someone who's sem- semi mentally deficient or severely deficient. Yeah, yeah. Just pretend you're not disgusted by his presence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of like her. She's 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 despicable in this movie, but this movie's very good about taking some people who are okay and and just ruining them. Like, Anne Heche is just terrible in this movie. Oh my god! Anne Heche's character is just... What's that pose? Like, the wilty, like, the wristed, like, just like, eh, like a weird bird thing? I don't know what's going on, but she has immaculate hair. Like immaculate her. hair, yeah. That's true. Yeah. She's got a very nice haircut. Uh, they try really hard to make it look like she lives in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. Yes. Which, she like, basically just lives in wood dust. <laughs> it's like she got like a five dollar budget for the house. Like, just get some animal skins and we'll, we'll just deck this shit out. And yeah. Just record. Just put put the sound of flies over this whole scene. It'll be fine. Yeah. Where can we get a fake looking turkey and just hang it? <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that section because it is fucking dumb. <laughs> it is. It's so bad. Oh, this movie. Okay. So um, uh, she gets a note. Like someone left her a note and it says, I know what you did last summer. It could have also said, I feel confused about what you did last summer. Or I can't really remember quite exactly what you did last summer. <laughs> Get ready to share my confusion about what may or may not have happened last summer. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow this story is about what you did, not about what you did last summer, but actually about what happened two summers ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the fuck? 
Why does sh- the only things only happen in the summer in this world? Only on July Fourth and like the general Fourth of July weekend. That's it. It's all yeah. centers around the Miss Croker pageant. Yeah, for some reason, like this movie isn't really Fourth of July themed, other than the fact that some like one time there was fireworks and then another time there was fireworks. Yeah, this movie is less 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 movie is less. It's less uh, Fourth of July themed than Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Um. So she she goes to the Shivers family store. Shivers Their last name family. Is Shivers. Like yeah yeah. Because okay. this movie's trying to build like uh, cash in on a little bit of that scream meta humor, and it just. <laughs> And she she goes to ask the the horrible sister where Helen is, and she oh she wants Helen's number in New York, her New York number, which is just a great that's how people talk. Where's her? Do you have her New York number? Um, and uh, she's like, oh well, she doesn't have one, but look over there, she's at the uh, uh, she's working at the perfume counter. <laughs> yeah, ten Bye. ten feet away. She's like. Oh, well, it's a good thing you're here because she's 10 feet to your left at the perfume counter. Like, you can't see 10 feet in front of you to notice that your friend, who's bumbling, she's not only at the fucking perfume counter, she's bumbling, like knocking all the perfume bottles over, and she still doesn't notice that she's there until Elsa tells her. And, okay, you've got a, your family runs like a fucking, like, five and dime apothecary fucking store, like... Play that up. Like, turn it, you know, ha- I don't know, have like the thing where you turn to put the coin in and the animatronic thing ca- guesses your future or something. Like, make it entertaining. Don't just they yep. get this cool idea and then just throw it away. Stupid. Yeah. The, it, it's not just a department store. It's like a department store with a, like, machinery basement. Yeah. It's, that later will come into It's the weirdest. Where they have mechanical hoists. <laughs> I know. Like what? What? If, what is? The, apparently, it's the same basement they used to shoot uh, Toby Toby Hooper's Funhouse. <laughs> I know exactly. It's got rails and shit on it. There's just mannequins covered in sheets for no reason. It's like, what the fuck is going on down here? What kind of department store is this? Oh, I'll tell you what kind of department store it is. It's the kind of department store where their perfume girl has to have the biggest hair possible that isn't like a perm and also like now looks like she shops at Walmart instead of Macy's. <laughs> her hair is great. Her hair is so ridiculous that I I suspect it's a joke in the movie. Like it's it's I think, so. I think it's supposed to be funny, which actually is kind of funny that they play up on it so much. Yeah, her her sister will not stop making fun of her for doing her hair. That's right. Uh, She's like, you and your fucking hair. You and your clearly, obviously a bad wig hair. And this is the type of humor that's in the script. Yeah. But the movie is so bad on focusing on that I did not catch until I'd watched it multiple times. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's terrible, you know? These people are all... All of these people are capable of acting a little bit. I mean, Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar is loved for a reason, you know? She had a lot of charm in, in Buffy and, you know, and other stuff. I mean, like, in this movie, she's just a dud. I mean... Yeah. She's she's not particularly entertaining. She doesn't really even have that many great lines. Like, J. Lo Hewitt gets all the good lines. 
uh, Ryan Philippe overacts. He's a, he's not a bad actor. He's probably the best actor in the bunch. Uh, Freddie Freddie Prince Jr. just kind of stands there. Yeah, he's he's not. I've never seen him do anything good, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Wing Commander. Yeah. Oh yeah, Scooby Doo. Hello. <laughs> uh, come on, <laughs> Scooby, don't. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's purely. I think it's purely bad bad directing like they they probably like all delivered their lines just fine and then the guy was like no 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 i want you to try try it this way now now try it as if you've had a stroke and half of your face doesn't work okay now now try it as if you've had a fantasy stroke and just the bottom half of your face doesn't work (laughs) it's so funny because these are i mean these are good looking people generally considered good-looking people. That's part of the reason why they're on screen, if not the entire reason. Yep. You would you would assume that in real life they're somewhat charismatic. They're actors, so they know how to ham it up. Uh, I, I get the impression that they probably had a lot of fun making the movie uh, because there's a there's an infamous scene coming up and I'll, you know, and there's kind of a funny story about it. And, you know, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure these people have a certain amount of charm, but on screen they're just... They're just dead. They're like wet fish. Yeah. 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 It's like they've been just left in a pile of ice. The only one who takes her camp to a level that, that's even remotely entertaining is, is Hewitt. And that's not that's not saying a lot. It's just that she's the only one. I mean, yeah. I guess the I guess the, the 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 bad guy, I guess he's but he's not he doesn't have to do anything. He just has to look menacing and swing a hook around. Oh my god, I just realized she looks like um, the actress from Sleepaway Camp a little bit. J-Lo Hugh? Yeah, yeah, Jennifer <laughs> Hewlett-Packard, yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Printer magnate? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I could see her doing that, that screaming scene at the very end of Sleepaway Camp. That would nice spectacular. I Remake! Need to, I need to Photoshop that! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. Um, so, so yeah, it turns out that Helen didn't, like, New York didn't work out for her. She didn't become a famous actress, and she had to come back home and embarrassingly work at the family store. And that's okay. That doesn't really matter to Julie, because Julie does not give a shit about any of these people. (laughs) She hates all of them. All of them are like, (laughs) or not all of them, but two of them are like, I would just really like to be able to still have a relationship with you. You were like my best friend. You were very important in my life. And Julie's like, fuck you. I'm in college now. <laughs> don't be a whore. I so hate I just, you. <laughs> I don't bathe guy. anymore. And I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then they go and they find Barry. Barry is like at a country club or something. I don't know. There's drinks are being served, but he's in a white wife beater. Um, uh, which I only mentioned because later someone else is going to be in a black wife beater. And it's like, oh, okay, we have a motif. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they loop him in. They're like, well, let's go talk to... I I forget exactly how, but... um, she, we reveal Julie reveals that she knows about what happened that that the the body washed up on shore. Oh yeah, part of their pact is that they'll never talk about this. So every time she's like, "We murdered someone," they're like, "Shh, don't 
fucking talk about it and it wasn't murder and shut up and we all just want to be your friend and <laughs> and she's she says that his name was david egan and uh that it was his death was listed as an accidental drowning um and then they they go they uh barry confronts max at the at the fishing refrigerator that max works in uh which is is just random gigantic fish hanging from the ceiling and just blocks of ice everywhere and then later we find out it's mostly a place where you go to boil crabs yeah there's a crab steam area I don't yeah know. yeah the crab sauna um <laughs> there's gaff hooks everywhere and they're like yeah. brand new they are, they're they are just, really nice. Yeah, they're real nice. They're shiny and brand new. The the handle hasn't been worn down. It's great. And so 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 Barry is like all at, at Max for no reason. And uh, and then like Max gets pushed around. And then after Barry leaves, Max like gestures at his back with a gaff hook because that's Max's move: is wait for the scary guy to leave and then kind of go. Eh. And that's the end of that scene, which shouldn't matter to the movie as much as it does. <laughs> well, it's like Barry, Barry is such a moron and he, he just decides that certain people must be responsible because they saw Max. It must be Max. Yeah. It's like, what? Oh, I mean, I guess I kind of get that, but openly confronting him at his place of work by taking him into a back ice chamber, uh, <laughs> It Hoth. makes no. They're in Hoth, <laughs> and the semi kicking his ass, and then just leaving. It's like, oh, yeah, what? not even kicking his ass, just kind of like shoving him around a little and being aggressive toward him. As, I mean, obviously, no one in the audience is buying this. Nobody thinks it's Max. It's because you know a lot of these these movies, and this movie is one of them. Will <laughs> go with that stupid misdirection thing, um, you know, to try to throw you off and and. I hope that he doesn't, they're not seriously trying to make it sound like they're like this scene doesn't need to be there. There's no reason for it. Max is no. just an idiot who shouldn't even be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the movie is attempting to present us with suspects, but they are not. We do not suspect them because the yeah. movie does it bad. <laughs> we know. I mean, it's so obvious that it's not Max. It's so stupid. Yeah. And like he, he grabs them that, like you said, he grabs the gaff hook as if that's somehow supposed to make us go, "Oh, it is Max." No, you, you have to do some. You have to, you have to give him something that makes us think he's capable of of menacing these people. We know it's a slasher, so you have to give us something that is going to lead him to become a slasher. There's no reason why he'd be a slasher because she blew him off and he saw Barry barf over a guardrail. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, it's just it's dumb. It just lands flat. It's not it's not exceptionally bad. It's just incompetent. It's all failed opportunities and just not delivering on what could be there. Ugh, yeah, it makes me mad. Um, they go the they find Ray. Uh, I forget whether or not Barry punches him this time because most of the time at, from, at a certain point in this movie, every time Barry says hello to Ray, he says hello by punching him in the face <laughs> and then humping him a little. 
There's a, there's a lot of introductory punching. Yeah. Hey, it's right. Bam. Hump, hump, hump. <laughs> Um, uh, and so, so Ray and, Ray and Julie have a moment. Helen, Helen and, and what's his nuts, Barry have broken up. He's still a college football player and, and she's not doing her dreams and they broke up. That's, it's dumb. And it's part of this Dawson's creaky drama that's in here that the movie focuses on a lot. There is a lot of interpersonal communication and emotional fallout in this movie, but it is also not effectively done. Yeah, Williamson <sighs> has that that creepy pedophile adjacent J.D. Salinger fascination with young young people that's just a little uncomfortable oh yeah like let's let's get a almost naked teenager in a shower and look in their contract to see whether or not they'll show nip yeah it's it's yeah it's very strange i i do like the line when julian ray are talking and he he's like uh, i really would like to start to talk to you some more for again (laughs) and and then her response is great. She says, I don't blame you, Ray, but I don't want to know you either. And then she storms off. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? And he's, he's got the look on his, the best acting probably in the movie is when Freddie Prince is like, huh? Yeah, he's like a little bit cross-eyed and maybe gonna cry. <laughs> That's <laughs> just acting. <laughs> it's, so, it's like... <laughs> did they did they say and scene and everybody was slow yeah. clapping in the set? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's his soliloquy on the porch from Spider Baby. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and uh let's see, yeah. So um then they all have gone their separate ways. Back to Max, who is in the the igloo, the industrial strength igloo. Uh, we see some beslickered shadow. Yeah, because suddenly Max is in a, like you said, it's a crab sauna. Like, yeah. the whole room is suddenly filled with steam. Yeah. And yeah. and then he sees a sil- the beslickered silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. And and then the guy, the, the, the slicker... The slicker wearing dude, definitely not a fisherman, um, grabs a gaff hook because Max gestured with it and that was cool, and kills him with it. Sticks the gaff hook up under his chin, which was kind of cool. Drags him. This is such a missed opportunity. He drags him over yeah. the open boiling pots of crabs. Like and this just throws his body on the ground. Like, dude, stuff his ass in the fucking crab wheeze. It was right there. He like very carefully aimed it to avoid getting him in the crab boil. Wouldn't want to taint the crab. <laughs> I am not some kind of gross psycho. I just want to kill this guy for misdirection purposes. Also, a gaff hook through the chin is not going to instantly kill you and it's ridiculous yeah well you know uh, the good news is is that the instant he pulls the gaff hook out it is now clean because it is made out of miracle the shiniest silver miracle teflon this gaff (laughs) hook will not have blood on it 
Super gaff. <laughs> Flex gaff? Oh, um... And, uh, and why did he kill Max? Yes, exactly. Why? He didn't do anything. Yeah. He had nothing to do with it. Not a damn thing. He, he This is why he killed Max, because he was in the movie. He was in the movie. Yeah, he was just a, a character that got a name and some lines. He was just a, they should have just given him a red shirt. I mean, it was, re- oh, oh I made my own Star Trek reference. That was pretty sweet. Hey, one for the Trekkies. <laughs> 34 episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, up to this, so, so up to this point, like he grabbed the conveniently nearby gaff. Yeah. And you would think. Oh, well, that was just because that was at hand. But no, then he was like, you know what? This is kind of neat. <laughs> Arr, this kind of worked pretty good there. <laughs> Maybe I'll just hang on to this one and carry it around with me later. I love that his his guise as a, as a, as a secret <laughs> maniac killer is to dress up like the Gorton's fisherman. It's like... What the fuck? What? And everybody in the entire town wears slickers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a bright yellow one for some reason. They all wear like drab fish belly gray slickers. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that kind of a scene and you're gonna like set it in fucking Boston and like in New England somewhere off the coast, the way up the Atlantic coast, not down in South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Isn't you want this it to be set in like, California? It's supposed to be South Carolina, isn't it? Is it really? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, so dumb. if you're good, like, pick pick the setting you want. Do you want to have this rugged, like, you know, gray, rainy seaside place where everybody's like, eh, eh, and they all wear slickers and you know, <laughs> drink molten metal or whatever the hell that people do in these settings? But and then it's like super sunny and. You know, there's all the rich teens that are running around. And, yeah, that's the other thing is... is uh, Oh, no, we don't get to that. Okay, we'll talk about that later. But anyways, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so, like, this guy's, this guy's thing is... he So he's doing the fisherman thing, and then, like, he, like, followed them around or whatever. And so he, like, was he there when they were fucking? That's the thing. Like, what... Is he supernatural? Because he's not. But why is he able to do things that normal people can't do? But is he? Because, like, I don't know if you've ever tried to empty a wet trunk full of corpse and crabs and then manage to just do that in the middle of a busy street and leave everything dry and organized. And perfectly clean. Yeah. Like nothing, nary a tool out of place. And it doesn't even smell. Yeah. He had, like, what, two minutes to do that? Just, yeah, one, one, just one quick boy hump in the yard, and then that's all it takes. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. That's the conceit, is that he's secretly supernatural. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so bad. Dear God, it's the worst movie. Anyways, so, yeah, so Barry, um, comedically intense Barry, as usual, it, we see him, he's kick pot box punching his heavy bag um just rage punching like completely you know because when you 
when you train for fighting, you 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 want to scream and grit your teeth and waste as much energy as possible while you're doing it because that's going to make you a better fighter. And uh, <laughs> then he goes and takes a shower and because uh, he's I guess he's at the boxing gym that they have in Dawson's Beach. Right? Okay, well, uh, there's there's enough yeah. people in Dawson's Beach that they have a boxing gym. So Ugh. he goes to his locker and uh, there's a Polaroid sticking out of the door of his locker and he pulls it out. It's a picture of his car. And then I think it's on the back. It says, I know because it wasn't enough room to say what you did last <laughs> summer. <laughs> it would have been great if it said, I know W H and cut off at the edge. <laughs> or, or what about yeah, yeah. Sloped down, and then he had to write the rest of the word underneath it. <laughs> he has an arrow, and it says over. <laughs> <laughs> really bad handwriting. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's oh, that's amazing. That's so good. And, and then he he goes to leave. He's you know because he's startled. Whatever. And he says goodbye to the, to, you know, the guy at the, at the gym, whatever. And he goes outside and there's, <laughs> there's a BMW out there that like speeds away. He, 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 someone has stolen his jacket. He, the, apparently it was beloved because he's very upset about it out of his locker. He's finished his freshman year at college and he's still wearing his letterman jacket because he's one of those uh, got high school guys. Like, wasn't I such cool as a senior? Oh my god, yeah. So, the guy steals his... Somebody, whatever. The, the bad guy steals his jacket. And then he goes outside and... There's somebody in a car, in a BMW. And he's yelling at him to give him his jacket back. And then the car just speeds away. And then... I forget what he does. But then the car comes rushing back. A la men. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, starts chasing him, and then it's this is the thing that happens in so many movies where somebody's being chased by a car, and there's ten thousand obstacles going by as they're running, but he just, just stays running. in the middle of the road. Yeah, like but gotta for- hit every one of those yellow lines. <laughs> Fortunately, he runs faster than a car, um, yes. and then he gets cornered in the parking lot. The the guy doesn't come out of the gym. Like, he had to hear this. So he's out there behind Barry's out there getting chased around by this car. Eventually the car completely just obliterates him. Like, just bashes him into a fishing house or whatever. Knocks him into a pile of rubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, shoots him through a wall like a cannonball. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. So, so he sh- and then later, yeah, he later he says, <laughs> uh, he says the guy didn't want to kill him. That if he had wanted to kill me, he could have. It's like, dude, I think he wanted to kill you. That was not a surgical strike. <laughs> he completely fucking waylaid you through a building. Oh, 
I'm dying. Oh, oh. That's my favorite thing in this movie. Oh. So the gang is, oh my God. Yeah. So he goes to the hospital. Yeah. Gorton's of Gloucester lets him go to the hospital. And uh, uh, at the hospital, Barry blames Ray and accuses Ray of doing it because he owns a slicker. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. He owns a slicker. That's That must be him. Well, we know you own a slicker. We know 99.9% of people in Dawson's Breach own a slicker. So, <laughs> they're visiting, the gang is visiting Barry, who, at this point, they would just have to hate the guy. Like, why are they even visiting? He's such an asshole. You know, I guess they just feel guilty. I don't know. It's stupid. It's the it's the shared secret. Yeah. Yeah, they that we know what it's we did dumb, last though. summer. Yeah, <laughs> they make more really bad plans, which they should have learned at this point. Making plans for this group oh, is God. not a good idea. And Julie storms out of the room. She like act rages. She's upset with with Ray again. There is no you and me. And then she just storms <laughs> out. It's so awkward and out of place. Um, but okay, whatever. She's you know she's. She's tormented by what they've done because she's a good person, you see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's the good one. Uh, yeah. So uh, then we find out that the, let's see, what was the story there? How did they find this out? The, the summer before last story about, oh, oh, they're doing research. She's doing research on the internet, which it's like Netscape yep. Navigator or whatever. She's like at, using Ask Jeeves or it's like, was the... That's, I guess, 97, you know, it's, that was a long time yeah, ago. it's night, she uses, she uses, like, a <laughs> phone book size laptop <laughs> and does a, does find five news articles on the internet somehow, and then does that thing where she, like, self-narrates the research, okay, what's this? Uh-huh, click, click, mmm, uh-oh, pop-up click, <laughs> That's right. There's they there's a scene where is it her? One of them makes a cell phone call, but the cell phone is like you know one of those things that looks like a shoebox. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, it looks so hilarious. So she she finds out that the summer before last, before the summer where they hit this idiot, a guy yeah. named David Egan had crashed his car off that exact same cliff, killing his fiance Susie Willis, and. Yeah. Uh, he had a tattoo of her name on his arm. That's they what, remember seeing it. Yeah, that's uh, right. The uh, yeah, yeah. Was, on on the the English hit by a carman had Susie uh, tattooed on his arm. That's right. So yeah. they, yeah, man, Jesus Christ. So yes. <clears throat> so they 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 think that well, okay, it must be one of David Egan's you know, loved ones, one of his inner circle or whatever. So they go to visit uh, his Missy, Anne Heche, which is was what, his sister, I think she's supposed to be? David Egan's sister? Yeah, yeah, she's his sister, and I think she's like one entire high school older than him. That's right. So they, they go to visit Anne Heche in the sticks, as they call it, and we get terrible fucking music as they're driving. And then oh. I, I think it was like The Offspring or something. I don't remember. I think so. And then we get like the we get like a double whammy of terrible lines. We get the Angela Lansbury always had a plan. And then the whole bit, <laughs> yes. 
the bit about Jodie Foster and the serial killer answering the door, and it, you know, like, well, well, what if we get to the door and it's like Jodie Foster and the serial killer answers the door, and then they knock on the door and she opens it and she's all like Anne Hayes, she's all creepy, and they, they're like, ah, uh, our car broke down, and uh, can we use your phone, Honeydew, and. Uh, <laughs> So and Anne Heche is like is like sprinkled in corn flour. Yes, it's like what is happening right now. So they 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 go they go in. She lets them in. It's the it's total like Texas Chainsaw House. It's ridiculous. And yeah, the, how does she live in there? It is dust. Everything is dust. And then there's a little inside joke which I thought was funny, where, where one of them says, "Hey Jody, I'm gonna go make a phone call or whatever," like. Obviously, a little reference to that she's probably a serial killer. It's like, okay, that's not funny, yeah. but that's fine. Whatever. And she, the other one calls her, okay, Angela, right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. stupid. So things haven't been the same since David died. We get this long, fucking pointless story from Missy. And meantime, there's the world's largest slicker hanging on the wall. I mean, it's like, it's like a parachute of a slicker. It's... Like okay, we get it. There's a slicker here, <laughs> so very shiny. They're all very shiny. I didn't realize slickers were so shiny. But anyways, uh, so they 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 hear this ridiculous story. They hear about how David had a friend named Billy Blue, which oh yeah, Billy Blue, who used to come around. He was sweet on Missy, and you know they kind of have. He's kind of sweet on me. Like she, no one cares. More just garbage exposition. Uh, the girls leave and, you know, Missy's like trying, oh, why y'all want to stay? And uh, they leave. She's lonely. <laughs> She's lonely. They get in the car. They start the engine. They're sitting there talking and then Missy jump scares them, like bangs on yeah. the window out of nowhere. And then, you know, says something like, ah, oh, see, the car's working now. <laughs> and then suspiciously watches them, watches them drive away. Just Yeah. Useless. Yeah, with a l really like limp, wilty pose, and and it's just, it's so weird. And she like so she's surrounded in dust. The whole house has been sanded and then not blown off. Yeah, and and she's just wearing a like slightly darker than skin tone fish gutting apron, but she has this like perfect red carpet ready pixie do. It's just like what, what? What is your lifestyle? And why? Why, why do you have Peter Pan's hair and and leather faces? Everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, there, there's even like a bit of a jump scare when when they see the slicker because she like turns around and all of a sudden it's there. And then as they like drive away, they're like, "Well, it, let's research Billy Blue because it's definitely not her that's the killer." I. Yeah, okay, whatever. Like, it could be anybody. It doesn't really matter anymore. It's just like, let's just yeah, get there yeah. at this point, you know? Uh, uh, so, this at this point, Sarah Michelle Gellar, like, has this whole speech about how she'd really like to be friends again with Helen. Like, it would be meaningful mm -hmm. to her. Mm -hmm. And Helen's like, no, nah, get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or no, Julie. Julie. Julie's like not yeah, out of Julie the car. Yeah, Julie totally sh yeah. shoots that down. She's because you know she's tormented, man. She just can't hang. 
yeah she's too she's too busy with her feelings so um so helen goes in uh inside the house her dad is there he's watching a vintage baseball game from like the 80s for some reason it's like rod carew is playing <laughs> yeah i guess he's watching espn classic um and she's like hey dad and he just was like Mm-mm, no don't talk to me i'm watching the old ball game it's like he doesn't even know she's there yeah doesn't hear her uh as she goes upstairs, uh, takes her clothes off off camera, but as she's doing all of this, we're seeing the slicker sneaking into her house, hiding in her closet, breathing heavy as she changes her clothes, and then goes to sleep. Uh, and then when she wakes up, oh yeah, her sister bitches at her again and says, Dad needs you to work at the store tomorrow, and she's like, I can't, tomorrow's the parade and the new beauty pageant and i have to officiate the beauty pageant and her sister makes a joke about her hair and stuff like that whatever so then she goes to sleep and and wakes up the next morning after having played with her crown like thinking about it wakes up the next morning and the crown is on her head and a bunch of her hair has been chopped off and over on the mirror is uh soon written in lipstick somebody cut her hair while she was sleeping and she didn't wake up (laughs) didn't wake up he just hung out in her room for a while (laughs) and why was it cool like why did the movie go to the go the extra mile to have him grab the crown and then them retrieve it so that she could hold on to it that whole time. Why wouldn't it just be reintroduced here? Like, why Why wouldn't it have... They never got it back from him when he fell in the water. And then now it's on her head. Oh my god, the crown. Yeah, wouldn't that make more sense? Yeah. Wouldn't that be cooler? It would be more menacing, yeah. But yeah. nope. Mm-mm. No. No. We couldn't no, because- have it be that... He grabbed nope. the crown, and that was the indication. No, we had to get Ryan Felipe to go diving and have him do a eyeball thing. It's dumb. It's so it dumb. It made no sense. Yeah, it was stupid. I think the director was... It's because the director was so stupid that, like, in his mind, he was like, well, now, um, if, if he takes the crown down in the water... Um, the next year, she's going to have to inform the pageant that she doesn't have the crown, and I'm going to have to film a whole side section <laughs> where she has to explain to the pageant why she doesn't have the crown. It would just be easier if she, if Ryan Philippe just jumped in the water and just took the crown, and then we don't have to go through all that. Ugh. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. That could have been so much cooler. That could yeah. have been on the special features. I would watch that special feature on this DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this movie is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Helen does paperwork. The special feature short. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so um, oh yeah, so so she calls Julie to be like, "Hey, I was assaulted in my sleep," um, and. Julie's like, oh, I'll race right over. So then what do these two women do? They put on skimpier clothes than they were wearing before. 
They get they get all sluttied up because someone is after us and creeping into our bedrooms at night. So let's make sure to show cleavage and midriff, please. Yeah, J-Lo has got a, like, real low scooped neck, a half top, like a halter top thing that is just like, you know, it's just like, hmm, gee, I wonder why she's wearing that. It's like only you could figure out why. <laughs> Yeah, and she's, she's got a necklace that just dangles down and bounces back and forth between her boobs. It's really distracting, and why? It's a perpetual motion machine. <laughs> It'd make a great desk toy. <laughs> yes, it would. And why? Uh, and, and then so so she's she's yeah she's now wearing the like tightest thing it's uh, and uh, she races over um, and then hears like something scuttling around in the back of her car and so pulls over almost gets killed by a pickup truck because she just it's the middle of the fucking road yeah. and there are people around. Uh, and she opens the trunk, and inside the trunk is Max's cold, dead corpse. And he is covered in wet, living crabs that are scuttling around and, like, coming out of his mouth and shit. And, uh, oh, and he's wearing Barry's Letterman jacket. God, yeah. For and the, these some are, reason. That's a lot of crabs, and they're very active. Oh, a lot <laughs> Of not chill crabs. Like, these guys are fresh out of the water, living their best life. Like, ooh, look what we found! It's they're, it's like they're so upset that they said, if you let us out of here, I promise we'll be gone in two minutes and we will clean this trunk. You won't even know we were here. If you let us go, I promise you, you'll, you won't <laughs> regret it. I mean, it won't even smell like crabs. <laughs> nope. nope. Or corpse. We will clean and reorganize your trunk. All this garbage you had in here, these old half-empty boxes of McDonald's french fries, we'll get those out of here, too. <laughs> Just like that. I'm talking two minutes. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So... <laughs> so, so oh, and also, she screams aggressively at this this tableau. Like, like she screams at it, like, like... The action of vomiting, but just the sound of screaming coming out. <laughs> a scream impression of vomiting. Yeah. And none of the people nearby hurry over. She just then finishes going over to her friend's house. And she goes and gets them, and they're like, oh, oh and, and now Sarah Michelle Geller is wearing basically a sports bra and, and like, tight nonsense and like a sweater tied around her be like she's going out for a fun time like uh, because they feel threatened yeah. um yeah uh so they come back to the trunk they're like what are you talking about she opens the trunk and now yeah the inside of the trunk is spotlessly dry all of her like her car jack and 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 tire all of the tools are immaculately organized haven't slid around at all and there's obviously no smell of crab or corpse because they're like what are you talking about this is just a very nice clean trunk <laughs> and so this guy did this in the middle of a busy street and nobody saw him 
Nobody saw him, and he, like, he must have used, like, a full liner and, like, brought, like, Ultra Febreze with him and just, like, like, ah, new car smell. (laughs) Yeah, somehow he, in a matter of minutes, like a few minutes, he removed a corpse, like, maybe a hundred crabs, and any residue that they left behind, including odor, in broad daylight, and no one saw him. I have never had a trunk as clean as this trunk, and it just had corpses and crabs in it. <laughs> it's, it's a slightly implausible. Yeah, so I think he ha- he must be a magic man. He's got to be like, he's he's got to be like, I don't know, maybe from a Stephen King novel. He shows up wherever the kids are, and magically just shows up wherever they are, and he has magical cleaning powers. <laughs> Look at this gaff hook. I call this The Shining. Because <laughs> it's never dirty. And it's got the shine on it, don't you think? <laughs> oh my uh, god. And so, uh, obviously, the next thing you have to do, this is where they go over to Ray's house and say hello by punching, and then knocking him to the ground and just kind of pelvically thrusting on top of him for a while. Oh, but don't forget that the line, why did he make coleslaw on Helen's head? Yeah! (laughs) What is that? (laughs) It sounds like sexual innuendo. Is that where J-Lo gives her big, her big line? What do you want from me? Yes. Yeah. Is it? She, yeah. She, she like steps away from the trunk and yells it or no, no, it's, it's coming up. Like after they stop fighting on the ground, they're like talking about what's going on and she just can't take it anymore. So she screams, what do you want from me at God? (laughs) Did you read about how they made that scene? I have no idea. No, nothing. Some kid won a contest to direct a scene in this movie. (laughs) That was the scene. It was his line, apparently. And, And so she, at the time, she was like, that's so ridiculous, I'm on board. So she just, she went completely overboard on purpose to, like, please this kid. Are you kidding? I read that in an article. Yeah. <laughs> so they did not give a shit about this movie. Like no one gave a shit about like like they they hired this director and they were he was like, "Well, do I need to have any like qualifications?" They're like, "No. Can you do a direct?" I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I can tell people what to do pretty good. Yeah. Could you uh, uh I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you do? Hey, uh 15-year-old, what do you think? What if she screams and shakes her boobies? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Apparently that that's considered iconic that moment. It's like an iconic 90s horror movie moment because it's so over the top and ridiculous. And uh it I mean it's not that memorable, but I guess in a movie this bad, again, you get what you can. Huh. But yeah, a child, a child won a contest and made the most interesting part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> what a cool kid. <laughs> He probably read the script and was like, oh, this is trash. (laughs) (laughs) And that child's name was David Gordon Green. I don't know. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, Did they somehow, I forget who they're talking about. It's like someone's sister had a yearbook that would also have 
Missy in it. And so they were like, well, maybe we could find a picture of Billy Blue. Because you can't find someone until you find their picture. Yeah. If you're not in the yearbook, you don't exist. Yeah. The the official people directory. <laughs> the yearbook. My sister's yearbook has it. <laughs> the reality data bank. <sighs> um, and then... Um, Oh, yeah. Part of it is whenever they tell Ray about Billy Blue, he acts like only slightly suspicious a little. He's just like, how do you know that? And they're like, oh, because she like said it and this stuff and that's it. And so it's like a whole detail that is super underemphasized and like forgettable. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Like, it was just a normal part of the scene. It was just, like, a conversation that was happening. It wasn't a detail to recall. It's one of these movies that you you get the impression that it was created by aliens who observed human behavior for a little while and then decided to make a movie about it. Like, this is... This is how humans act. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we could hang out with them at a ranch while wacky, wobbly, inflatable, arm-flailing tube men are around. (laughs) Uh, And so from all of this, they they devise the new big deal plan. It's going to be great, you guys. This is going to go good. We'll lure him at the parade. Somehow, (laughs) I guess they assumed that he must have already been in her closet when her and her sister talked about the parade. Otherwise, their plan is just, I'll go to the parade. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's probably there's probably not like police in the town or anyone that they can go to because they don't want to tell anybody because they they hit the guy and killed him. But he's obviously. Yeah. But now they assume he's back. So whatever. Okay. So yeah, no, they don't assume it's him. It's someone. It's that's probably right. this Billy Blue character. That's right. They and don't think John, it's him. Y- be fair. There is one police officer in this town. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> By the way, the, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. The the police officer to fisherman ratio of this town is as it should be. One to a thousand. Yeah. One thousand fishermen for every one police officer. Just like in the way the world should be and would be better if. Oh my god. So, so yeah, that's the plan. They're going to lure him at the horrible parade. Oh, horrible, horrible parade. It's a 4th of July parade. It has two floats. Two floats, one high school marching band, and a lot of people with slickers walking around. Oh, it's just primarily attended by people wearing slickers. It's so It's strange. like the official costume. The entire town is full of, t- like, sexy teenagers and guys in slickers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, and so we, we found out now that... Every single, like, summer, these these summer days that we're having, they've all been on the 4th of July. It's just a 4th-y, July-ish, except one time it happened on the 5th of July. <laughs> the first night, like, I guess it was after midnight, so technically the 5th. <laughs> That's right. It's, you know, 4th-ish. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Oh my god, that's hilarious. (laughs) 
Oh, God. So they're, yeah, so, oh, God. Okay, so they're in the stupid parade, or Helen's in the parade. Barry is just riding on the float because he's, you know, he's going to attack the killer when they see him. Yeah, he's just, he's not in costume. He's just the guy sitting on the front of the float. He's just some lunkhead on the float. So they're riding through, and, and Geller's given the parade wave, and they're going through the town, and she sees some guy in a slicker, and oh, Im- yeah. immediately sends, starts screaming, like in the middle of a parade. There he is! There he is! Go get him! So Barry takes off after him, chases him off into the distance, and uh, and then we cut back to the, the Texas Chainsaw house again. Uh, Julie has returned to the house, and uh, she's walking up to the house. She gets into the like backyard. There's animal pelts all hanging all over the fence, and the fucking that's where the stupid turkey is, right? Like it's yeah, in that scene. Yeah, a, a scene full of dead animals. There are just dead animals all over the place. Lead Belly is playing. And, uh, <laughs> yes. She she walks up. Uh, uh, Missy comes out. And uh, she was she's there to ID Billy Blue. That's the plan. Um, she brought the yearbook. She, yeah, that's right. She brought the yearbook. Missy comes out. Um, I don't think they get much further than that. She, I think she gets startled by Missy, and then they cut back to the parade. They, they, they don't get very far, and they cut back to the parade, basically. So it's like more slickery business going on in the parade and then yeah. whatever. Missy comes out with a bloody knife and That's it right. scares it scares Julie. Julie of course screams at her and and <laughs> Missy's like what are you doing here? What's happening? <laughs> so she's it's it's so weird the way she plays that character like half the time she speaks with a drawl, half the time she doesn't, half the time she's menacing, half the time she's really friendly and it's not yeah. It's not done right. It's like she just is sometimes one way, sometimes the other. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, just, it's very, very odd. And so, yeah. So she she tells, uh, she tells uh, what the fuck's her name, Julie, that uh, David Egan killed himself and uh, because he was upset that the town had blamed him for Susie's death and yeah. uh, that he wrote a suicide note another last summer note like basically it said I know what happened there it's another I know what you did last summer note it was stupid mm-hmm. which Julie is like that's a death threat that's not a suicide note <laughs> I was so yeah, I just she's... was like where where are we going with this this is fucking so bad none it of this is so bad. Is, none of this needs to happen and David, David didn't have a Susie tattoo. That was someone else. So yeah. So ultimately, at this point, Anne Heche is just like a whole other monster movie just tucked into this movie. That's all she is. She's like yep. a, another movie idea, just stamped on this one temporarily and then taken out. Yep. Useless. Yeah. Totally useless. That whole thing is a big diversion that isn't interesting. It's not followable. It it's, makes no sense at all. It's just a total waste of screen time. Yep. And, uh, and, and she's supposed to be, like, menacing the whole time it's going on. She's, like, ruining fish with a knife. <laughs> and, and uh, like, 
I think there's supposed to be an element of like we're supposed to have sympathy and like that's part of Julie's deal is like we didn't just kill him we ruined everyone's lives and but it's just it goes nowhere I mean Anne Heche's character is the only periphery character that doesn't get murdered yeah yeah great she she has no yeah no function in this movie at all she did She's it's, supposed to be there to move the plot along, which it, it doesn't move at all. It doesn't never moves, and it goes nowhere. Yeah, because it was all just a big red herring. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the retro summer pageant. We're now at the the this year's summer pageant. Helen is sitting in because she's going to officiate, just like the previous year when the previous person won uh, and was not there officiating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and all of it, all of the contestants are just all of the contestants from last year minus Sarah Michelle Gellar, who's now sitting in like this giant like Game of Thrones clamshell chair thing, like Neptune's yeah. throne. <laughs> and then a, a, a moment that I have to admit was actually kind of funny. The the um <laughs> this girl comes out and starts singing. And she sings, uh, oh, I can't remember what the song was. It was really bad. And uh, she... <laughs> Baby, can't you see? Yeah, that's all right. And Helen's like looking at her and then she goes, Jesus. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was, it was. It was a very uh, Donnie Darko toned moment. It was, it, was, it was probably the only genuinely funny moment in the entire film. And it yep. wasn't that funny. It's just the it movie was, was just... Yeah, it was so dry that that came off as, like, absolute hilarity. So, yeah. yeah. We were just so hungry for it that it was just good to have it there. Jesus. Oh, oh thank you so much. <laughs> oh, good. So I can so, breathe again. Helen looks up on the balcony. There's there's Barry up there. He's watching. You know, he's going to keep her safe. Right. And, uh, of course, there's a slicker wet shows up behind him silo liquor wet shows up behind him helen sees it more pointy screaming uh and then (laughs) (laughs) she's much better at screaming (laughs) as far as like a believable character and not just a horrible weapon (laughs) and then he gets what i what i refer to as super gaffed on the balcony just like gaffed repeatedly uh to his death and then she freaks out. A cop shows up. She takes the cop up to the balcony. She's going to show him, you know, that her, her boyfriend's been murdered. It's terrible. All this stuff. They get up there and there's no sign. There's no blood anywhere. Nothing's Mm-mm. knocked over. No body. No any. No one saw anything. And then they all, the cop thinks she's nuts. They all leave. And then you see blood dripping off of the handrail. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, we know what happened. We don't need to see... You, you already cleaned up all the blood. There's no point in seeing that one little droplet of blood. The director like, was probably worried. He was like, well, maybe they, they'll think that he wasn't killed. <laughs> if I put that drop, that, that'll tie them back down to the pot. Fucking yeah, yeah. It, it'll build tension. Jack. Fucking jack off. So... <laughs> And then actually another good moment, the, the, the official from the, the pageant is there as well, and she's holding the tiara and he or the crown and he takes it away from her and he says, We'll be needing this back. <laughs> yeah. 
I've got to say, like, basically everything surrounding Sarah Michelle Gellar's character is the the spotlight of this movie. It Like, if anything good about this movie is in that little sphere. That's true. She is, if, if there's any life in this movie, it's her. Yeah, that and, and you know, Hewlett Packard screaming. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he takes the crown. Oh, great. And... Then uh, she's getting a ride home by the cop, and there's a fake roadblock. I mean, it's an actual roadblock, but it's obviously been a setup, and he's a complete idiot and falls for it. And she immediately gets upset with him and calls him a little shit stick Mayberry ass <laughs> reject. <laughs> she's on a roll at this point. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was a great line. And they. they they come across in an, in the middle of an alley, darkened alley. They come across a broken down car with the hood up. It's so ridiculous. And he's like, uh, just going to get out and see what's going on here. So the cop gets out and walks over. And of course he gets gaffed. Um, yep. Slicker is there. And uh, she gets chased on foot because she was apparently locked inside the car. She had to kick the window out, jump out the window. Yeah, she was, she was, yeah, she was riding with the police officer in the back, which you can't open I guess from the you inside. Can't. Yeah, but famously a uh, beauty pageant grade woman, young woman, could probably just kick that window out in an emergency. Yeah, kick out a bulletproof window. Yeah. <laughs> with bare feet, I think, if I remember correctly, or else she's wearing those pumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she so she has to climb out through the window, uh, through the broken window and just plop out onto glass and keep running because honestly, her character is a little bit of a badass. Like earlier in the movie, they're like, no, you do it. No, you do it with the dead body. And she's like, "Ugh, fine, I'll do it. You all <laughs> suck. I know. I always have to move the dead body. <laughs> she even slips in the glass. I remember when she got up, she slipped in the glass. Uh, so I guess she's Oof. wearing those pumps at that point because uh, later on she's getting chased. She's barefoot, but uh, yeah. she she gets chased plat, plat, all plat, plat, plat. the yeah all the way back to the Shivers store, and uh, she's banging on the banging on the door trying to get in, trying to get her sister's attention. And Elsa's Elsa is I don't know what her deal is. Like she's she's taking her time. Like yeah. all right, okay, I'm gonna get the keys, whatever, you know? It's like, I mean, she's hysterically banging on the, like, please let me in, begging, and her sister's yeah. like, I'll let her in, I guess, oh, whatever. Yeah, she even yells, I'm being attacked, like, come on. She's like, no, you're just my dumb sister. <laughs> so she lets her sister in, and turns out Elsa's in there rocking it out to Hoover Phonic. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the music selection in this is all over the place, but almost exclusively bad. It's so weird. <laughs> so she's in the store. She's there with her sister. You know, her. I forget exactly how it works out, but her sister gets gaffed. Yeah. I don't remember how he gets in. He just gets There's in. another door. Yeah, there's the secret gaff hatch. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the gaffer's entrance. <laughs> so he gaffs Elsa, great, and then she gets chased through the the like down into this basement area with all the steam pipes and uh, hooks and like mannequins with plastic sheeting and 
she hides among the mannequins and then stands there. And of course, he's somehow magically got down there before her and is <laughs> under the plastic sheet and jump attacks her, which is stupid. But then there's yeah. a whole thing where she tries to do like a, a pulley ladder thing. And mm-hmm. that doesn't work. And then <laughs> she jumps out of a window into trash like every bad movie ever made. <laughs> it's it's so hard to follow, too. It's like, wait, what's happening? Like, they're doing what? I thought they were in the basement. Now she's in the attic. Like, was it that ladder thing? She climbed that or? I don't know. Like, it's... It, a pulley system and that there's just a thousand old tires yes that's right she gets out of the dumpster and barefoot runs through a a very stylishly lit alley with hundreds of tires just stacked along the walls all the way up to the street right up to where the parade is and she's she's running barefoot on her way up towards the parade to safety and Gaff is waiting for her in a little recess in the tires and he fucking gaffs her completely murders her which okay that happened that's uh she got gaffed in tire alley and during the fourth and there's the end of that that queen is down it's like a whole like do you remember you remember the alley fight scene in they live yes (laughs) it's like that size of an alley it's huge like you could have a really cool concert back there and it's just full of tires <laughs> it's there's a lot of tires in that alley i don't I, I don't understand this town apparently it's a fishing and tire town <laughs> yeah it's got it like they, it had to like run bootleg through there like the fact that it has like an underground infrastructure like that it's there's got to be some weird shit going down in this town one cop it's a one cop town. Yeah, it's, a, it's a no cop town now, and uh, oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, the town is ten times more interesting than anything that happens inside of it. <laughs> it's. Just, yeah, God. yeah, they're like <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they've got two floats, one marching band. Let's have a parade and shut down the whole main street all the way until tomorrow night. Like they just abandoned the parade with the street still shut down. <laughs> Whoever was in charge of opening back up again didn't, and the cop was like, oh, we'll have to go around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, but, it's, but it's okay, because oh, they have fuck. they have a full-size, full-service boxing gym. <laughs> yes! Man, it's, it is state-of-the-art, too. Um, so, after all this, Julie goes to look for Ray. I don't know why. And uh, finds him on his boat, and they're gonna, like, escape this town together. But then she notices on the, the, the side of his boat, where a boat has its name. And the name of his boat is the Billy Blue. Oh! And then she's like, oh, it was you all along. You're Billy Blue. I'm putting all of the clue pieces together. And I'm like, what? Like, it was only going back and, like, having to write notes for this that I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. They were talking about Billy Blue, and it does say that on the boat. But it's dumb. And so she she runs away from him, and she and he chases her. And he's like, wait! 
And then out of nowhere, while he's chasing her, an arm just reaches out and clotheslines his ass. And he is, he just, he expires on the ground. Like he is just instantly paralyzed from the eyebrows down. He rotates around the arm. massive... Yeah, yeah, it's just, he, he, he curves around the side, and, uh, and this giant horrible fisherman, I think wearing a slicker, is the one, what did it to him, and the, the fisherman's like, oh, go hide in my boat, and, uh, and so she goes to hide in his boat, she's like, oh, thank god this huge, terrifying fisherman saved me. From my weaselly ex-boyfriend. And uh, she goes to hide on his boat. He's doing stuff outside. And she, like, starts snooping around in his shit. And then sees that he has, like, a whole compartment of his boat is just a weird shrine to them. And he's been, like, (laughs) taking pictures of them. And it's just, it's basically the museum of their summer in there. And she's like, oh. And then he, like, looms in the doorway and... (laughs) And they have the worst conversation. (laughs) He's like, are you in trouble? And she's like, I think I am. And then it's not porn. (laughs) Clothes all remain on. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, And so then she realizes it's him and puts all the pieces together that it turns out he's got the tattoo that says Susie and he's her brother or something and and it's been and he's the guy that they hit with the car and wrecked the face of like his face was in shreds and now he's just fine he's just some dude he's not like all scarred up he's not particularly scary looking or memorable even yeah um yeah so and uh yeah oh i okay yeah i just put that together i was like what happened to the fucking guy that was sitting on the cliff i got it Okay. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe he pushed that guy off the cliff. Yeah, apparently he killed him. Maybe not. To use his body as a... But he wasn't there. He was down at the fucking marina. So... No, no, no. He pushed, he pushed David Egan off the cliff a year before. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So that's what we were... Right? I don't know now. Or was it the same night? Oh, you're right. You're right. It was the same night. No, no, no. I'm getting wow. mixed up. So yeah, he pu- he was probably out there in the middle of pushing David Egan off the cliff. Oh, okay. When he got hit by the car. Oh, so he probably had already right? pushed him off and then got hit by a car. Yeah. And then taken down. Yeah. But then they said that, oh, they said that Egan washed up. That's why Egan washed up because yeah. he pushed him off the cliff, the cliff that they could have just as easily thrown him off of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Wow. And okay, so why is Ray's yeah. boat called Billy Blue? It's, why is Ray's boat called Billy Blue? That's the boat that he was fishing on. That's yeah. That's what Susie... No, not Susie. That's what <laughs> Missy... Missy. Misty had, like, mentioned. But I thought she said Billy Blue was a person. 
The guy that was sweet yeah, on her. It was the guy that came around. Yeah, it was. He was sweet on her. He came around. He was sad. Like he was sweet on her, but it was just too much to be around David's stuff. Yeah. Or like, it was, maybe he thought it was creepy that he was sniffing around his dead friend's sister or whatever. I don't know. I. They don't ever confirm that Ray is Billy Blue, that he like came around and said his name was Billy Blue. Maybe that was the connection that was supposed to be made is that he was faking his name because he didn't want to his rich friends to know or something because he, he's a fisherman, but he's uh, hanging out. I don't know. That is way too convoluted. Like what? That is bad writing, like real bad writing. It makes it makes no sense. We've both watched it several times, and it still makes no sense. It makes no sense. Wow, it's even worse than I thought. The more I think about it, that's remarkable. It's it's yeah. remarkably and, bad. And <laughs> worse than making no sense, it has no impact like on me as a viewer. I was not like like whenever it was the reveal. Like the reveal was such. It was just nothing. It was. We don't like, know who this guy is. Pin drop. Nothing. He means nothing to us. He's not even wearing a fucking slicker anymore. Like he doesn't even look like yeah. the killer anymore. He's just some old man on a shitty boat with some ugly, like stupid, like connect the dots shrine in in his basement or whatever, in in a boat full of yeah. of the fakest ice I've ever seen. It's just like <laughs> not wet ice. <laughs> And it, yeah, it's just it's just like such a a dumb non-reveal. It's just the worst. It uh it even the like so this was one of the three big franchises of this type of movie with like uh uh, uh so you've got Scream, you've got I know what you did last summer and you've got Urban Legend like Urban Legend is also not very good, but at least it was like a kind of a surprise when you reveal who the killer is. Like this is just like what no, that's fine. No, I do not. I instantly do not care. At least Final Destinations, those series had the cool, creative deaths. Mm-hmm. This movie just didn't even have that. Nothing. So, so now they have to fight, um, and it turns out that this dude's fishing boat is very similar to the Shivers basement slash attic slash pulley system, um. And, uh, uh, oh yeah, his name is Ben Willis. Her name was Susie Willis. Uh, and uh, so fucking dumb. He's fine. He, uh, he's not scary. So Ray ends up catching up to this boat that he, he like, we see him push the boat at full speed. He pushes the boat to go so, accelerate so fast that it knocks Julie over. She like falls over and screams and he like giggles at her. And meanwhile, Ray is in like a little like putter along canoe and catches up to them. And jumps from the fucking little motorboat and lands on the fucking fishing boat. The oh, it's what is it? It's the um, it's the the sweet oh, Susie. The sweet Susie. That's right. That's the name of the boat. He jumps on the sweet Susie. They all they 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 all start fighting. Uh, and at one point, <laughs> Julie <laughs> screams. To the point that it distracts Ray long enough that the fisherman dude can knock him off the boat. 
I don't know. And and she ends up in like the basement of the boat and there's all kinds of different pulley systems and it's like they're playing a weird peekaboo Scooby Doo cat and mouse game on the boat and then Billy or, no, or Ray catches back up. Uh Julie is just useless. She ends up like flopping around in the piles of fake ice that you mentioned and and finds <laughs> Helen and Barry's <laughs> corpses hiding in there. And but not Max's. Yeah, not Max's. Because we already saw his corpse. We don't need to see him again. <laughs> yeah. Also, not uh, not Helen's sister, because they aren't the special ones. He didn't want to keep them around for later. He didn't want the leftovers. Uh, and so she just screams directly in their face like she's mad at them. And uh, she, she rejoins the fight just the battle taking place on the the ship and they end up like doing like stuff with the with the sails and the pulleys and everything and they get he's got he like has his gaff and he raises it up and it but it gets like oh it gets hooked on a rope and then fucking ray like pushes the lever and it hoists him up into the air but all the way onto the pulley so then it cuts his hand still grasping the gaff hook off and lowers him back down and now he's got a bloody stump and his fucking hand just like <laughs> boing, shoots across the boat and he falls into the ocean um uh. and then they like you know like make up all smoochies and talk they're like well at least we didn't kill him last summer what <laughs> Yeah, I know. What the hell was that about? <laughs> you just fucking killed his ass now. <laughs> We're good people. Yeah, you still <laughs> committed a crime. It's still a hit and run. You, you're not the hero now. You're still bad. You knocked him 75 feet around a corner. Uh, and he <laughs> oh, he says a dumb thing. He's got this like line in there about don't, don't leave a dead body until you know that they're dead or something dumb and unmemorable and just ugh. and uh and so so then the the i guess the next town over police or the sheriff the county sheriff or something shows up and and they're just like oh yeah i'm sure he's bad you gonna tear it up and now his fucking hand is still holding the gal hook and it's just like caught in the neck and they're like hey we'll find the rest of him in tomorrow probably that's right oh my god remember okay you remember when she's doing the smoochy part with him and and she says he says no one gets me like you do and then she says i understand your pain <laughs> so fucking gross <laughs> I understand your pain. Oh, it's so whatever. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's fine. I don't even see fish. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. And uh, uh, th- then it moves later. She is uh, she is now in a state-of-the-art showering facility, uh, wearing a towel that accentuates her bosoms, and is just walking around talking on the phone all cute to a boy what a towel no don't be gross (laughs) and just like having that kind of conversation and then like there's like this woo like whooshy in the background we're like oh it's nothing and then uh she sees in the mirror that someone has written in the steam i still know and then something jumps through the mirror and she screams while glass is breaking and that's the end it's like yeah 
it's like a 3D thing. Like he jumps at the camera basically through the glass. It's like a super stylized cut shot. It's supposed to just startle you, except it's completely out of place with the rest of the movie. But remember, there's the little mini red herring where you see someone walk by and, and then the note. There's like, there's a, someone brought oh, a yeah. note. And the note is like, you know, some bullshit. Like someone's like, wedding or something. Dumb. Yeah, party. Party in the whatever. Oh, yeah. and then she turns around and it's then she sees the mirror. And oh, my God, it's so fucking bad. <laughs> I, and that's that. Yeah. I also like when she says when she's talking on the giant cell phone. And she says to Ray, she says, what? Like, oh, no, you, <laughs> no, hey, you're going to ravage me in two weeks anyway. Oh, gross. It's, it's really gross. <laughs> oh, that is, and it's just like, that is, it's like some 40 year old bald fat dude wrote that line. He was like, yeah, we're going to make her write. Oh, yeah, she's going to say it. <laughs> oh, ravage. <laughs> I need to take a spank break. <laughs> Man, yeah, this... Th- whoever was filming this movie was just cranking it out constantly. It's really distractingly gross how objectified these <laughs> very young women... Like, everyone looks great in this movie, but, like, you can really see, like, oh, like, that's like a, a little child. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. Like, yikes. She's... Yeah, she's she happens to be uh, well endowed, and she's pretty enough. I mean, she just looks like a, a nice young lady, but they have to present her as this sexual object. Um, I mean, they try to do it with Sarah Michelle Gellar, but that's not really the... Neither one of them are really that kind of a person, really. So to present them that way and to know that it's being... You know, we, we talk about this stuff all the time, but it's just so prevalent, you know? It's like... I I used, I didn't it's not that I didn't notice this stuff before but now you know like separated by several years and all that to look back on it and just it's so gross it's just like yeah it's like the girl showering in uh, the empty man you know or I mean all these movies share so many elements like you know things that pop up like honeydew or they like the but it's it's been done a million times. You knock on the door and pretend like you have to. You're calling. Oh, my car broke down. I have to use the phone. Like yeah. that's probably been done a thousand times before. Or the shitty boat. Like someone always has a shitty boat that's like looks like somebody <laughs> detonated a grenade in it. But that's where they live. And <laughs> and then there's stuff like he wears the whole movie. We identify him because he's. He's wearing a slicker, which you would assume would be to hide his identity, except no one fucking knows who he is, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah. No one seems yeah. to remember that Susie even had a fucking brother. So that's yeah. co- he's covered there. No reason to wear a slicker. That's hiding him from us, not them. And then at the end of the movie, he's not wearing one. Why? Because they want you to know what he looks like. It doesn't matter what he looks like. It's not relevant. Why? Don't even have him speak. Don't give him a personality. Just to have him, you know, maybe they know who he is, but he never talks or something. He's some, you know, he's, oh, he's, oh, he was never the same after Susie died or whatever, you know. But instead, they give you all this stupid misdirection, which isn't interesting and doesn't lead you to believe anything. You're just waiting for it to land on something. And that where it lands is on this fucking guy that no one cares about. And he's not scary. He's just some... <laughs> 
old asshole whose only move, to be fair, is a really good gaff shot. I mean, a really good clothesline. Yeah. That dude. Yeah. He's got that down. Yeah. He did a great, great job of it. Lowest energy move. Like, that's what makes it so cool is you have to put, you put so little into it, but for such a big result, that is, that is Fonzie level, you know, assault. (laughs) Yeah. Kudos. Kudos to Billy, whatever his name was, Willis or something. Will, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Ben, Ben, Ben Willis. Oh, Ben Willis. Yeah. yeah, Ben Willis, the psychotic murderer. Yeah, because he got hit by a car, but he was really upset ultimately because of his sister, which had nothing to do with anything. They just needed some sort of reason why he was there. Yeah, it's terrible. I yeah, I mean Lois Duncan. Lois Duncan's pretty well known. I don't know anything about that book. I'm sure it's a bastardization of the book, but I hope the book is better than that because it's this, that movie. That script is a mess. When you when you break it all down and analyze it, you can see the story elements that would be put together for for possibly an okay book. Like like all yeah. of the pieces are there. It's just this movie put them together in the worst way possible. Like the movie was distracted. Like it was like too busy looking at hot teens to like. Do the movie, like do the cool plot thing. Yeah, but what if this, instead yeah. we just showed hot teens? It's it's so funny because there's a lot of people, and you know, before we recorded, I had had sent you uh, a, a copy of a review that I read on Google, just like a user review that anybody can put up there, and it was it was some girl, woman, whatever who'd watched the movie. And the first line of her review was, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life, which I was immediately thought was a joke. And I was, my immediate thought was, this is going to be like those Amazon comment sections for like the banana slicer, where it's like <laughs> 10,000, 10,000 reviews and they're all somebody, everybody's just making jokes. It's just an endless chain joke of fake reviews. That's what I thought that was. But no, it was legit. This person actually thought that was the best movie they'd ever seen in their entire life. <laughs> How? Nope. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the- I mean even if you're in even if you're into like half naked teens, you don't even get that much of that. No, no, the the There's only just- nipples you see in this movie are Ryan Philip Blipleys. Yeah, you see the Philip Lee Nipleys. Philip Nipley. Ryan Phil Nipley. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just so altogether incompetently just bad. Like, it, I, there is some enjoyability there for a nostalgia factor. Like, if you were if you were of a, a certain age when this movie came out, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna go watch this movie bounce around for a while. Like, sure, there's that, and it, it was it was part of a prominent movement uh in the return of slashers you know that scream started um it has it has some very strong jolly uh tones to it that they didn't really deliver on and mm-hmm. uh, it just had so much going that it could have been good and then it wasn't it just it was just real bad the 90s um and I, it's got to be an age thing i mean you know we we always have fondness for stuff that we experience as kids. And, you know, so there's a whole generation of people who grew up as children in the nineties who, 
you know, this was their their go-to stuff. It's not like they thought it was high art. They just really like it, and it's like comfort food for them. That I totally understand. I mean, I'm not... I'm older than the people in the movie, so it's like, it's certainly not targeting me. Uh, you know, I when it came out, I was already, like, there was, you know, I had zero interest in the movie. The only reason I saw it was because it was on cable, or and I was like, I'll watch it, you know, whatever. And it became one of those movies where it's like, I mean, I remember it. it. It sticks. It sticks in your head, but not for good reasons. It's it. It's a bad, bad movie. It's it's actually the more we talk about it, I realize how bad it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when when you when you suggested it, you talked about it as a movie that you knew wasn't good, and there was even a little part of me that was like, mm, I don't know. I remember watching that movie and enjoying it. Uh, and then I watched it again for, uh, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is, this is trash. <laughs> it's just not good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even really that much fun to watch. Uh, maybe once you see it once, it might be fun, especially if, you know, you, you have the same kind of reactions that we would have where it's just ridiculous. It's another movie that would maybe be a fun party movie. You know, with your friends, just to make fun of and not not watch too closely, and just kind of have a good time. But as far as a horror movie goes, and to be taken seriously in any way in the canon of American horror, this movie is not does not deserve to even be considered. It's no, just no, because it's... It, it has a bit of a budget. It's based on a famous writer's book. Uh, the the screenplay is criminally bad for a guy who struck the ultimate gold with his first screenplay uh, to, to transition from that to this, an adaptation of a story he didn't even have to come up with and he still destroyed it. I mean, is it this it's that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, a lot to not like about this. Um, oh shit. What was I going to say? Uh, uh, it's, it's weird that it could have been so good and it's, for, for me, like, it's hard to actually not like it because I do like these actors so much. Not Ryan Phillippe, but, uh, like, I had, a, I had a teenage crush on Sarah Michelle Gellar and on uh, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I think Freddie Prince Jr. is great. I really, still to this day, I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. I like their, like, social media presence and that they do silly stuff. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes she finds a sharp stick and they'll, like, make her do a Buffy pose just, like, while they're out on a walk. Like, that's great. She's she's pretty cool. But, uh, it's just trash. <laughs> it's just, it's so poorly put together in every way. The, the, they did, like you said, they put a budget into it. Like, the movie is superior to most of what we watch as far as like lighting and cinematography and and like just basic practical effects and and blocking it's all done great but whenever it came down to like the the theatric the the acting artistry and storytelling artistry it just it just laid an egg i mean even the quality of the the quality of the picture is very high. I mean, it's it was shot, you know, shot on film. It was, you know, as you said, it was well lit. I mean, they they had the money they needed to make it look good, and it it looks good, but it doesn't it doesn't look appealing necessarily. The aesthetic is just there isn't one. It's very cold and dry. Like it's it's 
it's just a seaside setting and you've got your kind of stereotypical, you know, setup situations, uh, a couple settings that could have been really cool, but just weren't used right. And I think that's just a lack of creativity on the director's part. Um, and, and, and again, I don't know what kind of pressure these, you know, they were under making. This is a studio film. It's not meant to be a labor of love. It's, it's not that kind of a movie. So, you know, the studio probably feels as though they're perfectly okay to take total control over how this movie comes out, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that plays into it. I mean, having said that, you know, as a viewer, that doesn't, I may have sympathy for the people who made it, but it doesn't make the movie any better. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is professionally made, but not artistically made. Yeah. It's, it's very, yeah. It has no soul to it. It's unfortunate because it could. Yeah. Seaside settings are atmospheric. You know, that's, that, that could well be why Lois Duncan picked it because those are kind of mythological places, you know, maybe not for people who grew up in one, but for the rest of us who didn't, we, you know, we have all these kind of ideas attached to locations like a seaside town or these ideas of like rich kids versus poor kids, which is there, but never goes anywhere. Yeah. And then like the whole story of this, this extremely convoluted story of this guy who's upset because his beloved sister died and he was on the cliff to kill this dude, but then he just happened to get hit by a car and now he's going to get his revenge. It, it just makes no sense. And, yep. you know, like Michael Myers doesn't make any sense either. You know, it's like he just goes ape shit and kills his sister and then chases Jamie Lee Curtis around for decades. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense either. And you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. It's still great. You know, it, it, but this movie has none of like something somewhere has to coalesce to make it work. And it's just pretty shots and well lit beach scenes and handsome actors or whatever is just not enough. It's just not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as far as like a, a franchise slasher villain goes, it's the worst. Like, like, every single like you were talking about like jason yeah like jason but he was like a a freaking thing you know it was like more of a creature or you know freddy krueger like okay yeah he can get away with that he has dream magic michael myers he's a crazy 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 giant strong serial killer that does not talk like there's some element but this is just some guy and somehow yeah. like he just can fuck with continuity. <laughs> His magic some... powers continuity errors. <laughs> he's just a he's just an angry man who, you know. Well, okay, that's the other thing. Okay, how old? Okay, he's her. He's Susie's brother. <laughs> when did Susie die? Like a year before. Is that when Susie yeah, died? It was, the, it was uh It was one year before they hit him with a car. So her her brother is what 70 like how old he's like yeah. 60 years old or something that uh, that's yeah yeah why wouldn't they pick a guy that was closer to her in age that doesn't make any sense he's just they're like, like big old motherfucker <laughs> who lives in some shitty boat and no one knows who he is it you know no one's like oh remember remember that Ben and Ben Willis guy man he went weird didn't he i heard he lives down in the dock in that dump boat you know like he's still fishing so if he's still fishing yeah. he, he, he could apparently purchase ice to keep the fish that he buys I mean that he catches and sells 
at the dock, so somebody must know who the fucking guy is. But nope, nobody knows who he is. He's just the strong-armed old killer who's decades older than his sister who died two summers ago. Yep, yep. He just he just got completely obliterated by a high-speed BMW and pretended to drown. And then just <laughs> got out of his boat and waited a year. Suffered terrible injuries, but as it turns out, was 100% fine. Yeah. No scars, and, and, no nothing. And that whole time, his big plan, obviously, the, the thing that he was like, ooh, looking forward to, was shoving Max's dead body into the trunk with crabs. That was his, like, ooh, my big plan, finally it's all coming to fruition. And then that was over, and he was like, well, now what am I going to do? I guess now I can kill him. <laughs> it's just, uh, I mean, I will give the movie credit. It, 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 it pretty much mercilessly killed off every everybody except for two but you know it killed off it killed off the ryan philby character and the sarah michelle geller character and it was pretty unceremonious about it there wasn't yeah. a lot of hand wringing or you know like J love uh lost her shit when she saw them but she wasn't really that worried about it she, afterwards she was all kissy kissy with ray and everything was fine yeah thank god my future's not worse for having murdered someone <laughs> i do kind of like that <laughs> <laughs> It was accidentally so nihilistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The accidental nihilist. <laughs> I gave this movie 2.1 out of 5 loathsome things. It's it's almost there in some ways. It's in a very like I got to hand it to the crew of this the, the filming crew that did the work behind this, you made a movie that, that looks okay, uh, and you probably weren't paid a lot. <laughs> so, so good job, it, lo- it looks okay. You made a successful movie that, that paid off, um, and you ended up even paying uh, the Weinstein brothers some money because they sued this movie for their marketing practices. Good. Oh, God. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, I, this movie made a ton of money. I mean, it, it, it's a Hollywood film, so it would have been expensive just because of that. But, but you know, in comparison to a big-budget film, this is not a big-budget film. For Hollywood, this is a no-brainer. Throw some well-known, attractive young people in the movie, make it a slasher, and it, you're pretty much it's pretty much gold. I mean, you're going to rake in the cash. And this one was probably even more successful. It was probably... Like, as successful as they would have dreamed that they could be. It was... Uh, this movie made a lot of money. I don't know I don't know what its box office take was, but it had to be... It had to be at least profitable. I mean... Oh, yeah. It know. was massively profitable. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like Star Wars money, but it was like... Right. They made plenty of money. So... And, and they went back and, you know, made more. So, I mean, you know, they were... They were... They continued to be successful up until a point, and I guess the idea resonated enough, as we had said early on to uh, spawn off an Amazon series, uh, failed Amazon series that I won't watch, but <laughs> yeah, no point. <laughs> I, I gave it a, I gave it a 1.75. I couldn't, Ooh. I just couldn't even give it a two. Oh. I just couldn't do it. A two just sounded too nice, too close to halfway there. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I, I liked this movie more it's, I recommended this movie because I knew it would be funny to talk about, which it was. And I knew 
as as we had mentioned, you know, we talked about some real bangers in the last few weeks, and you and know, mash. as much as and as much as I, you know, ultimately would probably like to say nice things about a film, sometimes it's fun to just kind of take one, you know, just be goofy and and rip it, but. Having said that, I remembered this movie, even though I thought it was bad, at more fondly than I I think of it now that I've seen it way more than I need to. Like, I I'm pretty much just done with this movie. I will not watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely a movie to watch passively and not a movie to pay attention to and critically analyze. Yeah, yeah. maybe one day I'll come back and listen to this episode and I'll I'll be like, oh, it's pretty funny. I maybe I need to see it, but. Uh, yeah. And then I know I'm going to be like, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so that is in total a 3.85 from us. Uh, and some, some fun facts. we meant, uh, It was uh, filmed on a budget of $17 million and it's wow. box office. So $17 million, box office $125 million. A quarter of a billion dollars. Whoa. Yep. That's insane. Yep. T- 17 million was the budget. That's nothing for Hollywood. Oh yeah, no. So this I mean, movie made almost 10 times what it cost to make. As a studio, that's a no-brainer. I yeah. mean, let's make more. If anything, yeah, I mean even if you hate movies like that as a studio, you you've got to put some of those in there because then it can fund your projects you actually want to make. That you know you're not gonna you're gonna take a hit on you know like oh I want to make that new Terrence Malick film that'll earn three dollars so <laughs> I'll pay for it with this this rerun McGillicuddy movie or whatever that guy's name is and <laughs> it'll be it'll be great yeah yeah so so yeah it's like all right let's make another one well what are we gonna do we we killed off Ryan Felipe and uh, and Sarah Michelle Gellar oh we'll replace them with Brandy and Mackay Pfeiffer. Uh, and, oh, uh, definitely bring back Muse Watson, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the killer. hooked killer guy. <laughs> uh, by the way, I have seen that movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. It was on, it was on cable and I watched it. Uh, it was, I think that's the one that culminates in the, like, the, uh, like hula, hula, like Hawaiian, like, cabana scene where they're being attacked they're being besieged during a hurricane or something in like a like a luau shed or so it's really bad wow that was uh that one's directed by danny cannon the guy that directed the 1995 judge dread movie wow yeah. it's probably better than this movie <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah. He is uh he is still directing mostly television now. He's he's direct directing like um the CW's like Batman TV show dramas. So he's still working. Still kind of got God Dawson's Creek adjacent for him. I always feel bad when we rag on stuff because I you know, love movies and, and ultimately these these people are making entertainment, even if they, they they're not stupid. They know that they didn't just they did not just make the new Citizen Kane. They're not, you know, they know exactly what they made. Yeah, um, some money. And it looks like they had, yeah, yeah. It looks like they had a lot of fun. They obviously made a lot of money. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with that. But as a fan of horror films, you know, and we obviously have shown you the kind of movies that we like, 
it can be pretty broad. Uh, it's just, just pretty broad. It's just missed it. <laughs> just missed the mark. Uh, John, who's the motherfucking asshole? The, oh, wow. Uh, oh, it's got to be Barry. Barry? Right? Or is it Max? Is it Max? You know, I'm Or gonna... Elsa? Oh, God. It's a tough call. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's Jim Gillespie. <laughs> I'm going to go with that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jim Gillespie, fuck you. Yeah, don't come on our show, please. <laughs> don't worry, we're going to tag you in everything yeah. we post. At Jim Gillespie. <laughs> the real Jim Gillespie. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, speaking of such things, uh, reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at LoathsomePod. Facebook at Loadsome Podcast or email us at loadsomethings at gmail.com. And, uh, God, y'all should watch better movies than this. But do get in touch. Tell us why you love or hate us and both and recommend and, uh, all the good stuff. Give us a, give us a rating on, uh, your favorite pod service. It, it, uh, helps bring more listeners in. Yeah. Uh, we, theoretically. Well, that's that's the idea is that it puts it before more people's eyes. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the idea. We haven't we're not sure that it's true. Help us with an experiment. I'm sorry that you all have to die. <laughs>